Really glad to have you. Always a pleasure to have this man back. He has certainly become a fast friend of mine. We've been friends for a while now. It's Michael Franzese, former mobster. Now he's a pastor, he's an author, he's a content creator, and doing so much more. Michael, how are you? Good to see you again. I'm good, Joe. How are you? Uh, I'm living the dream. You know that. I, I love your content. You're over a million now on YouTube, right? That's, that's crazy. Yeah, we passed a million. You know, blessed. Very, very fortunate. Well, what do you think it is? Uh, is it because uh, of the mob stories? Because you're doing a lot more than just mob stories now. You're getting into self-motivation. You're getting into how to do business, how to negotiate. I mean, it, there's so much going on there. And, and I know that you and I spoke privately that is there a fear of going to a different place and not just the mob stories that I might lose the audience? And it turns out, no, not only haven't you lost it, you're gaining other audience that you didn't have before, right? Yeah, that's how it's going, Joe. And I think people are enjoying seeing my perspective of things from my mob background, you know, and uh, I, I give kind of a different perspective than most people do. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's it's reasonable and it's acceptable to many people. It seems like it's really catching on. And, Joe, honestly, that's what I want to do. I mean, there's only so many mob stories you can tell. Right. And, uh, you know, that was my life back then. But uh, people are really jumping in, and I'm, I'm very appreciative of that. It's um it's Michael Franzese. Go to michaelfranzese.com. His last name is F R A N Z E S E. Uh, you've heard people say Franchise, Franchise Jap. They say all sorts of things, just like with, with my last name. But it's Franzese is is how we're pronouncing it. Go to michaelfranzese.com. Follow him everywhere. When you watch what's going on in the streets of America, Michael, do you see it? Does it almost take you back to your mom days? Does it look like organized crime? And here's what I mean. When we see in Chicago 300, 200 people between 15 and 25 breaking into a target and just looting and ransacking the place. Is that organized crime by the same definition that you used to live by? Well, you know, the, the policies that are out there now are creating this crime to be organized because people are getting together, understanding that they can bypass the law and get away with it. You know, I, I liken it back to the days of prohibition. You know, the mob back then were just a series of guys running around the streets doing this right. stuff, you know? Prohibition comes in and they start to band together and form this organized criminal uh, enterprise. That's exactly what's going on in the street. Guys are getting together and saying, hey, we can rob these stores. We can do this. We can do that. We're going to get away with it. So let's do it as a team. And they're organizing. So it's policies, failed policies now that are allowing that to happen. Is there a head of the snake, do you think? Is there some sort of, is Soros the, the de facto boss? Are the mayors that are letting it happen? Are they de facto? You had a guy or, or a lady the other day from Black Lives Matter in, um, in Chicago literally said this on a camera to a microphone and a camera. She said, if you loot the Gucci, that's reparations. So are they empowering the youth to think that they're oppressed and repressed and they're owed something? Or is there a boss, do you think? Well, I think it's both. You know, Soros said back in 2010 when some Supreme Court decision came down that, that he didn't like, he said, quote, I'm going to make it my life's mission to destroy America. And he's doing it. You know, he's putting his money where his mouth was, where his goal was. He's putting in all these progressive, you know, politicians, mayors, uh, uh, prosecutors that I, I just don't understand this, Joe. And he is accomplishing what he said he was going to go, go out to do, number one. Number two, I, listen, Joe. I'm a Christian. I give everybody a fair shake. Yeah. But the most important, everything you see on the news today is inclusion, is racism, is transgender, is this. We got so many problems in this world, and this is all this administration is focusing on. This is all that these progressives are focusing on. I don't get it. And meanwhile, the world is crumbling. This country is in such dire need right now of somebody to come in and straighten it out. 
I couldn't agree more. It's Michael Franzese. Go to michaelfranzese.com. Follow him on YouTube, on Instagram, on Twitter. He's everywhere. He's got a lot of things going on. We'll get into some new ventures in a moment. But uh, in what you said about Soros, you're right. He wants anarchy. He wants the streets to crumble. He wants a new world order. And he wants some sort of global control of our country, which we're fighting back against. But, but going back to your old days again, it used to be cat and mouse. It used to be you guys would do bad things, and you've admitted all these things. Um, and the cops were the good guys trying to catch you doing the bad things, or the FBI or Giuliani or, or whomever. But you never came out on camera and said, yeah, we're doing bad things on purpose. We'll kill you or steal or we'll loot or we'll embezzle. You never said those things on camera. It was like, no, no, what are you talking about? I'm a guy in the street. I'm a guy in the neighborhood. No, I'm just trying to support my family. Now the criminals are saying, we're going to loot, we're going to steal, we're going to burn it down, and if the, tar- if the target of the Walmart, Michael, decides we're leaving town because we can't afford to stay here, then they're called racist for leaving. It's all like out in the open now. Can you believe this? No, I've never seen anything like it. It's all upside down. Listen, you know, we had a respect for law because we knew what they can do to us. You know, we knew the consequences, so we respected their position and what it is they can do. So we didn't openly speak against them and, and thumb our nose in their faces. We did our crime. We tried to do it so that nobody would know about it and we wouldn't get caught. Today, they just come right out because they know there's no consequences. Joe, you know this. When there are no consequences to bad actions, bad actions continue and they grow. And that's exactly what's happening. Why would they stop? I mean, in San Francisco or all of California now, if you steal $950 or less, you don't even get a ticket. In San Antonio, where I am, they're trying to pass the same thing and make it $750. Eh, $750 or less, we're not going to even bother with locking you up. When there are no consequences, why would they stop? And then they gradually increase the crime. It gets worse and worse. You and I talked about this before. When the mob was running the streets in New York and Chicago and elsewhere, the streets were much safer for those who weren't involved in mob activity. Um, if you were active in the mob, now let's say this is 1975 and it's happening, right? And you see 200 people show up to the local store, ransack it, and ruin some guy's business. I get the feeling the mob would have put a stop to it. No doubt about it, Joe. Nobody bothered us in our neighborhood. We kept it crime-free. You know, I'll give you even a further example. Do you remember the son of Sam? Yes. When he was going rampant. Do you know that we had crews out there trying to find him? Wow. And he wasn't, he wasn't bothering us, but, you know, innocent people were getting killed and hurt and whatever. We went out to try to find him. As a matter of fact, I had an incident where we thought we had him one night. Wow. And he got away. Uh, but we would never allow this, Joe. Never. You know, I mean, there are stores here now, big stores, Walmarts, uh, Target. You go in there, you, you, you can't believe where you are. Everything is behind glass, locked up. You have to walk around with an attendant to get a toothpaste off the shelf. That's how bad it's become out here. And they're allowing it happen. It, they're letting it happen. I just cannot understand the mentality unless you're looking to destroy the country. That's and, the only answer. No, well, that, that's got to be what they're doing. And again, the, the divisiveness is really what's doing. And you mentioned this with DEI and, and ESG and, and all this uh, diversity, inclusion, trans stuff. They're dividing us on politics. They're dividing us on ancestry. They're dividing us on, on skin tone. And if you do that, you can individually tell you can tell the black people that white people don't like you. Tell the Hispanics that black people don't like you. Tell the trans people that straights don't like you. And if you believe that, and if you feel like you're intersectional or you're oppressed in some way, then you'll go and act out. And you might be a trans person in Nashville that kills six Christians because you thought they hated you, which doesn't make any sense. If you could not, again, you're not glorifying the mob days, and neither am I, and you're a pastor now, you're a great Christian, you're a family man. If you had a button that you could press to fix it, 
What would that button do? How, how would you start to fix? If somebody called you and said, hey, Franzese, fix the problem we have in Chicago, L.A., New York, San Francisco. Well, you know, it all comes down with leadership, Joe. You know, putting the right people, obviously, in power and, you know, stopping all this divisiveness. Divisiveness. That's that's the one key word that that's happening in this country in every sector. You know, they're trying to divide everybody, the rich from the poor, you know, the trans from the normal. Well, I shouldn't say that. But I get in trouble for that. Trans from, you know, male and female. Yes. You know, how it's a, you know, you know what I've seen, Joe? I, I could not believe it. In a school district, I think it's Massachusetts or Maine, you cannot call a student boy a boy anymore. Wow. You have to call him a person uh, that produces sperm. Come on. Can you imagine it's on a grade school level? No. I mean, this is nothing but divisiveness. Why? You know, somebody said, you know, another thing I heard the other day that uh, you have you don't have to be the person that you were assigned to be at birth. And I said, well, what do you mean assigned to be? You come out either as a boy or a girl. You, you don't have you're not assigned. That's who you are. Right. This is how crazy it's gotten. We're even you know, we're even changing the, the, the language. Think about this. I was watching a local newscast the other day and the, the, the anchor says uh, something about a bill in Texas that would stop, um, which I want to make sure that I say it right, gender-affirming care. What the beep is gender-affirming care? I didn't need any care to affirm my gender. Gender is biological. Gender is given by God. If you don't believe in God, it's given by nature. This is not something that you can affirm through surgeries, cutting things off, or making new things on bodies. It, it, even, even the verbiage has changed. As I cross the country... And I see people are so uninformed and uneducated about what's really going on because they're hearing this propaganda from, you know, mainstream media and everywhere else. And, you know, you know, in all due respect, a lot of people, they don't have the time to focus and concentrate on what's going on in politics and in the world. They're trying to put food on their table. They're trying to earn a living. They're trying to take care of their families. So they're not as, you know, in tune with all of this as you and I are. We have the luxury or, you know, whatever you want to call it, to be able to really focus in on what's going on. So they they hear something and they believe it. And that's it. You know, they're just so uninformed. And that's why it's so important for yourself, myself, to have a voice, to rally people, to get the truth out there. Because fortunately, over social media, we have big audiences and we're able to go out and let people understand in a nice way. You know, I don't want to start a revolution. I'm not looking for people to get hurt and for crazy stuff to happen. You know, when I wrote my book, Mafia Democracy, my main thought on there is I want people to see what's going on so they understand it and they can hold our, our people in office uh, accountable. That's it. Well, what, them- what, I, what I love about Mafia Democracy is that you call out both sides. You don't care. If, if you're somebody who is who's acting in your capacity as a representative or a government official like some mob boss, you should be called out. If you're embezzling and getting rich when you shouldn't be, you should be called out. I love what you do in that book. Get the book, Mafia Democracy. You can get everything Michael Franzese at michaelfranzese.com for sure. Let me, let me switch gears a little bit because you mentioned Mafia Democracy. In just the purest of terms, do you see the Biden family as nothing different from a mob family back in the day? Absolutely, Joe. How do you explain all of these transactions? You know, it's always the same thing. Follow the money. You know, that's how I went down. Follow the money. You know, I had, you know, bank accounts with money coming in from, you know, tax money that we were taking and we were putting it in different places. Follow the money. It tells the story. Why are all these people in the Biden family getting money from shady places? I mean, look, I think there's a lot more, you know, that's going to be revealed on this. Uh, They've done a great job of covering it up. You know, Joe, I am so disgusted 
with the way these people lie and get away with it. They don't even care anymore. They don't even care. I, I, and and you, people have to understand, you know, when I tell people they're lying to you, well, that's politics. And I said, no, that's not politics. That's lying. Right. And it's lying to your detriment. You don't give them a pass because they're in po politics. That's not what this system is set up for. They're supposed to be honoring the position that you put them in. They work for you. You got to let them tell the truth and do the right thing. And if they don't, you throw them out of office. Yeah, what's interesting is no reporter uh, worth their weight in dirt will even ask the question, why are you so rich? You're making 160,000 a year as a representative or as a senator. Why do you why are you selling a house for 35 million dollars? Why does Biden have several houses worth millions of dollars and they seem to just have no worries in the world money-wise when his entire career he hasn't had a job, Michael. He's been in government the entire time uh, of his career. Hunter Biden's laptop alone will say that it, that it's a crime family, but I believe it was you last time that I had you on and you said and I want you to expand on this if you don't mind. That basically, when government does what you guys used to do in the crime families, when they do it, they do it on steroids because they're the government. They actually control the rules. They control the narrative. You guys had to do it and, and try to get away with, with the, the bad actions you were doing without the force of government behind you. You go after Biden and the, uh, suddenly the IRS is at your door or the CIA is raiding you or the FBI is raiding you. I mean, that's really the difference, right? They've got, they're doing what you guys did on steroids. Absolutely, Joe. Well, they, they make the laws and they enforce the laws and they control the Department of Justice and everything else. I mean, look, what we've seen in the past couple of years between, you know, the FBI's influence at Twitter and all this. I mean, I can go. We can be on here for several hours right. because I'm very in tune with what's going on, as you are. You know, they can get away with it. I mean, it, it's plain and simple. You know, they have the, the look there. There is not equal justice under the law anymore, Joe. And I, if people haven't seen that especially in the last two years, then they're really blind to what's going on. He's flying to, to Ireland with his dad on Air Force One, Michael. It blows my mind. Well, you know what? He's just thumbing his nose at everybody's face saying, right. you know, what are you going to do to me? Basically, that's what they're saying. What are you going to do to me? You know, and, and Joe, I got to tell you something. You know, I know former law enforcement people, FBI agents, I'm sure you do. They're disgusted in what they're seeing. It's Michael Franzese. Uh, go to michaelfranzese.com. Sign up to be part of his crew. Get his book, Mafia Democracy. Get his wines. Try his pizza. The guy's doing everything. Make sure you go subscribe to his YouTube channel. It's free. Uh, let me finish with this. Uh, you, you are tight with Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson's yeah. a guy about my age. Um, I watched him fight. We all were thrilled by how he fought. Man, he had some really, really rough years. Um, and now he's bouncing back in a more positive way. Um, you're working on something with Mike Tyson that will empower people who don't think they have a future, who don't think they can get up and, and get it done. It, basically motivational, Michael. Fill me in. What is this going to be? Well, you know, yeah, I, I am uh, deeply involved with Mike and his wife, Kiki, who happens to be, uh, you know, a tremendous inspiration to him and, and certainly been a, a real positive in his life. And Mike's whole thing now, he wants to give back. He wants to do good for people. And he's really committed, very sincere about it. And, you know, our whole platform together since I'm, you know, doing the same thing for the past several years is how you turn adversity into an advantage. And the both of us have been through adversity, Mike, you know, on a, on a, a whole different level. Uh, and we want to we want to really motivate, inspire, encourage and help people to turn their lives around, to do better things in their life, uh, to become better people. Um, and, uh, and we're very, very committed to it. And we got a platform that we're putting together. Mike and I are going to be in Florida uh, this month, we're going okay. to be filming some things uh, towards that. I'm very excited about it because I see him so committed to this. 
And I think, you know, the, the boxer and the mob guy getting together, you know, instead of throwing a fight, we're trying to help people, you know. Uh, <laughs> no, you know I, I, I'm with you. It sounds amazing, but it also sounds kind of scary. Like you said, the mobster and the, and the ex-fighter who was known to be ferocious. Um, but, but I've seen Mike lately, and he does seem to, in, in his own way, I don't know him, hopefully we'll talk to him, but he seems to, in his own way, be trying to tell people what he's trying to do. But he's not the communicator that you are. He's not the communicator that I am. It's kind of it's hard for him to talk feelings, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but you know he's so sincere and he comes right. across so sincere, you know. And he's got such a platform. I went to him, you know, when I come up with this idea. I said, Mike, you know, next to Muhammad Ali, who I know you you cared very much about, you know, and really looked up to. Right. You're probably the most well known person in the world. I Absolutely. Said, I Mike Tyson. I said, let's put this together to do some good. And he just jumped all over it because he really, really wants to do that. And I think he's going to be a tremendous inspiration to people out there all over the world. And I'm, I'm excited about it. I feel privileged and honored to be a part of it with him. You are, you are gracious enough to tell me that, that we'll be able to sit down with you and Mike once this does get up yeah. and running. You think it'll be in the next couple of months? Uh, I think we're planning to uh, to launch this at this moment in July. Nice. And in July, it looks like in Miami, and I'd love to invite you, Joe. Thank uh, you. We're going to be on stage, Mike and I together, and I think they're going to stream it. It's going to be a you know a fairly big deal, and we're going to launch the platform that night. Would be amazing, Michael. Thank you for the time. Thank you for the friendship, and thank you for the the, the very positive motivation coming from where you came from and doing the the God's work that you're doing now is amazing to me. MichaelFranzese.com. Follow him on YouTube. Get his wine. Get his pizza. Get his book, Mafia Democracy. Michael, let's talk again. Thanks so much. You got it, my friend. Thanks for having me, Joe. Always a pleasure. Thank you. You, you bet, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pegg Show. I appreciate Michael coming. I don't have time to do it, Carrie. I don't have time. We're almost out of time. You have to. Okay, that's all I can do. That's all I have time that for. really sucked. Well, it did suck, but you know, I wasn't expecting it. All right, going to hit a break here. Uh, when we come back, we've got much more to come, including you can't say I'm out Rushmore anymore. That's going to be big trouble if you do. we Tulsi Gabbard on next hour. John Katsimatidis, hour number three. The Joe Pag Show's coming back. Stay here. Don't be an A-dub. Stay with the Joe Pag Show.